welcome back to Kansas City's Marketing and Advertising Podcast. I am your host again, David English. And I haven't mentioned this in the last handful of episodes, but I think it makes sense today. Um, I started this podcast to create a platform for locally owned organizations and companies in the marketing and advertising media here in Kansas City to talk about what they do, how they do it, and maybe how it's a little bit different than you know, someone else in the area, how an eight, one agency can differ so much from another, how one media sales is so much different than someone else, and how outdoors is different than radio and different than TV. And I think today's conversation is exactly, exactly that, and it fits what I wanted to sit out to talk about. Um, today I have with me Kirk Blackwell of May, May Black Media Consulting. Um, it is a Swiss army knife of the media world, if you will. And I think it's an exciting conversation. They're different, they're unique, they do a lot of different things, and we can dig into a lot of different topics in the media world. Um, fortunately, he has a long, long list of accomplishments, and he's a business savvy type of guy, and we can talk about business ownership and, and what it really involves starting up your own company. So with that, man, I'm gonna turn it over. How are you doing today? Things are good. Good. Um, it's a busy time of the year. Um, feel like I say that all the time now. Okay. You know, um, with the amount of work we're all expected to churn out and the relentless responsiveness we need to have with clients to compete. Um, but it's good. You know, it's it's good. Good. Um, you can do it better than I can. Um, give the listeners maybe an idea of rundown of really what is Maybach. What do you what are you guys doing? So Mayblack has been around for about six years, um, taken on a couple of different iterations. The, 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 the company now, and as of the last couple of years, is really centered on three things, I would say. Uh, one is um, chief marketing officer uh, outsourcing. You know, so I, I do some of that, we do some of that work. Um, that's that's more inside the boardroom, trying to make decisions, build strategy, um, plan and execute, and then manage vendors on behalf of, of clients. Um, there's some COO work that, that we do, operations, a little more people, software, et cetera. A lot of times that's connected to the CMO work. And then um, a bit of classic ad agency um, uh, responsibilities as well with some local companies and partnerships and some franchises. So it's kind of three things to your point, the Swiss army knife comment, um, part of that's facilitated by necessity and building the business and generating revenue, but also is built on a couple of years of figuring out what I'm probably not so good at doing and what I am okay at doing. It makes sense. Yeah, then. it's the it's the coffee filter, getting the coffee out of the. Bottom, you have to right? know that. You know what? What Correct. am I good at? What am I bad? Yep. Yep. So, with such a wide array of services, I mean, uh-huh. the, and what? Give us an idea. Your background. Your, um, you've been in the media world for a very long time. You, um, where, where are you from? You, I mean, Kansas City native or or no or what? So so I uh, I grew up in Ohio. Yep. Went to school there. Bowling Green, right? Bowling Green State University. Yep. Correct. Home of the Falcons. Yep. Uh, and 
when I graduated, I graduated with a degree in communications with a specialization in radio and television film, which was, which really means nothing of just getting the degree was, you know, the only thing I really wanted to do. And every, when I graduated, I, I, I worked my way through college, paid for most of my school, uh, actually used to work nights at UPS loading boxes in the backs, back of trucks um, from like 2.30 to 7.30 every day. Yeah. And so I always tell people the day I left uh, UPS was like that scene in Officer and a Gentleman, only no one was carrying me out. No one carrying you out the right? door. But it was just like that. And I remember thinking to myself, nothing I ever do again in my life will be this hard. Yeah. Um, except maybe for what I'm doing now. No, just kidding. So anyway, I, I, I needed a job and no one was going into advertising and, or advertising selling, yeah. mostly because it's a 100% commission job. And I said, sign me up. I can probably do that. I started college as a music major, so being around people, hanging out, getting in front of them, doesn't, doesn't worry me. And I had done an internship at an ABC TV station and got my first job selling time, selling spots then. Yeah. So anyway, that, that, that started me on a path through broadcast TV for about the next 20 years. Sure. Um, moving around as an AE a couple times. And then really my first opportunity, big break, came when I was, gosh, I was late 20s. And a guy um, that I had worked for took a job for a company that had just bought a bunch of TV stations. And I was a local sales manager in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, that was my first management job. I'd done it for about two years. And he said, hey, I want you to come run this TV station for me. And it was in uh, Topeka. And it was WIBW, the CBS affiliate. What did you know about Topeka at that point? Uh, about as much as I knew about being a general manager. Okay. okay. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> um, so moved here and moved there and just started, you know. So let's go. Yeah, because um, I'll come back to that. So did that for a couple years, went to work for the company that locally owns Channel 5, Meredith Corporation. Uh, pretty big company, good mm -hmm. markets. Uh, they moved me to Saginaw, Michigan. Not such a good place, but I it looked really good from Topeka. I'm just kidding. Um, it was it was it was it was it was the right move, and right. and so I moved up pretty quickly inside of Meredith. Um, got got to become basically a corporate guy. Moved to Atlanta, and was there. I was in Kansas City from '01 to '10, '09. Okay, we did had a great run. It was fun. Then we then I moved to Atlanta, my wife, and then we moved back in '12. Okay, um, just to finish the story because I originally at that time wanted to go and build my own group of broadcast stations. Uh, one of the things that you learn in management and in the broadcast TV business is how to do just about everything. It, you, right. it, it, it may not on its surface seem like the breeding ground to, to build great business people, but each of these TV stations, not so much anymore, but back when I was really doing it, are their own little companies. So you're, you're managing people, you're buying programming, you're, you're making capital investments, you're managing to a P&L, you're negotiating contracts, you're dealing with the public, you're in charge of advertising, a lot of hats. automation, there's a, there's a bunch of hats, and you learn a ton. Yeah. So anyway, when we moved back here, thought I was going to do that, ran that play for a couple of years, and um, while I was doing that, took a day job with Time Warner Cable, uh, was a corporate guy there, and then we sold to Charter, okay. yeah. and I didn't want to move. Um, and so hung the shingle to, uh, in a bigger way, 
because May, May Black started as the company to buy TV stations, mm-hmm. and so it then became what it is now, which is which is what I'm doing. So which is right. probably more than you wanted to know. But. No, that's great. I, I, I love hearing, because I ask most of my guests something similar about back, and everyone's got this uh, list. How'd of, you get here? How'd you get here? And, yeah. and it's a voyage. And, and it's you, not where you thought you'd be? No, it's <laughs> not. But if you connect the dots, and you can look behind the curtain a little bit and say, this makes sense. I mean, it makes sense how you're here because, you know, maybe the voyage wasn't perfect. I had, a, you know, an individual talk about mistakes that were made along the way and, uh-huh. and issues. But at the end of the day, when you really get to know someone, it, it makes sense while you're here. And it, it, it's, it turns out that this is the situation that is really, truly probably where you're supposed to end up in the long run anyway. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I agree with that. I, I, I also think... And maybe this is just how I'm wired, but a lot of it is is making sense out of where you are. Yeah. You know, where you are might make sense, but the opposite is true, too. Sometimes you're in a place where you've got to figure it out and make sense mm-hmm. out of it um, yeah. and do something with it. Uh, when I left to go try to, to build the broadcast group, I gave myself two years, and I knew it was going to be hard, and but I wanted to try it. It's ambitious. It's really uh, ambitious. It, but I also figured out after about six months, um, paying my own insurance out of my own pocket and draining my own savings, while that sounds like a blast, uh, it's, it's not that much fun. Right. And so the Time Warner job came available, and I was able to – kind of do both. So I had a day job that I did well. And then when there was something to chase in the TV world, you could do that uh, too. But I also got a paycheck every two weeks and insurance. Right. Right. So you do, you, you make lemonade. Yep. Sometimes. So back to Mayblack. Yep. With all you do uh, for, for your customers, because mm-hmm. you've talked, we've talked about it, hinted at it. Um, what's that average customer coming in the door look like? How do you, what's the discovery process as far as finding them it's all you know that's that's a great question so um i i probably break it down into two categories um so with the cmo coo work yeah typically what i see is it's 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 a company of a certain size 10 million 5 million 8 million whatever that's gotten to the point where they know they need help with someone organizing their strategy and plans as it relates to marketing, branding, advertising, and in some cases, operational pieces that fit into that, HR pieces that fit into Mm -hmm. that. But they don't necessarily want to hire someone full-time. You know, they want to go out and do a search, commit to six-figure salary, and um, so so my, my solution to them is take a piece of me on a contractual retainer basis um we'll we'll do this and all the work will get done but at the end of the day if you're not happy it's just a contract you're canceling yeah and some cases i've done that and i've been a bridge to them finding someone full-time in some cases that work i've done has been just fine as a outsourced resource for them and in some cases um that's led to offers of Hey, come on full time, which I haven't done. Right. You know, it just really depends on the situation. But it really is being in the boardroom with the owners and part of their team, then opening the door. They go their way. I take it off their plate. And then I take care of 
the issues and the challenges that are within my ecosystem. Well, to your point earlier, and that works because you've been forced to learn a lot. Right. You, you've been forced by trial and error, you know, for all this history, and that's why I wanted to go through it with you. Yeah. You were forced to learn how to do a lot of different jobs. So if company A and company B have two different requests from you, you can come in and say, I'll be your guy to, you know, do this, this, and this. Yeah. I mean, from a CMO perspective or what, what have you. Is that fair? That's totally fair. And, and, and so for that particular type of customer also, um, and I think this is just people, how, how, how you're built genetically. Thankfully for me, I've always been someone that gets things fast. So I don't need 17 hours. Now, I, I'm not building the space shuttle. So I can't do that. But essentially, if, if you know, reading a room, figuring out what the problem is, kind of understanding the hits, runs, and errors of what we have and what we don't have, that's pretty much all I need. Then I can just go, and I'll do the rest, and you can leave. You can find the inefficiencies, the bottlenecks. Right. right. And, 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 and I'd rather you leave me alone and let me go do that and then yeah. come back to you and tell you, Here's what I found. Here's, here's what yeah, we're going to yeah. do. And that has to bleed into a lot of, you know, kind of the second stage that you describe on the website as far as improving processes yes. and improving, you know, what goes on. And, yep. the, you know, one um, area of expertise can lead into the other where you can look at it and say, okay, guys, I can do my job, but we've got to improve A, B, and C. Right. To right. get that done. And right. here's how it'll benefit you down the road. So one of the things that I was taught, because I had some great mentors along the way in business, was that when there are problems, the first two things that people tend to want to do to fix them is to hire people or buy something. And I learned that that may exactly, that may end up being what needs to be done, but the business case needs to be made after you have made sure that everything you're doing is being resourced and used as properly and efficiently as possible all the obstacles have been removed. Exhausted everything And then else. here you are. Mm -hmm. I now can see the, you know, the forest for the trees, so to speak. Yeah. And we do need another body. Yeah. Or we do need this piece of software. Well, wouldn't it make sense, though, you know, walking in the door, talking to a business owner and saying, listen, I see what the problem is. Instead of committing long-term to training and a six-figure salary, right. or, or it, it could be five-figure, I don't care, um, insurance and all of this that goes into it. Here's how you solve the problem with, right. the, with the personnel you have. Right. It, it, short term, it's going to be way more efficient and cost-friendly. And you get in the short-term play minimally leaves them with a, a plan yeah. and a blueprint Walk out that the plan. They, can, they can go execute. I, not pat myself on the back, but I think those are hard people to find um, yeah. because it's not going to be – someone that's make that that you hire for seventy thousand dollars a year right like you, they, you're, they're just not going to have they can't sit with an owner and go through uh, a, a profit and loss or build a pro forma mm -hmm. you know or project earnings or do those kinds of things right yeah. so i'm not i'm not um meaning to label someone that takes a job at seventy two thousand no, no, dollars a year. No, I know, I know. As as that kind of person. But you're not getting you're not getting the well, you're not getting all of my time full time. You're getting a lot of whatever's still stuck in this brain. Well, and someone who at the end of the day, if you when you leave with a plan 
in a process. And that plan is to have, you know, the two people down the hallway take on a little bit more responsibility. Right. Or, right. you know, they know the business. They know they know what's going on already. They're going to be a lot easier to train. Right. Then bringing someone in from an old old job who's just you know two put in his two weeks he's back here he's mm -hmm. still kind of you know figuring things out the process is a lot more streamlined you know yes. by just training the people you have if that's the solution right you, and you you um, you may have assumptions about things but you typically walk in fairly agnostic mm -hmm. like I don't have I have my business acumen and. Um, thoughts and beliefs about how businesses maybe should be run, but I don't walk in thinking, oh, because this looks like it's this kind of business, then we probably need to do this. I mean, I'm a big believer in in making people find money for research. You know, I have a, a, a pretty big personal injury trial attorney mm -hmm. that I work with here as a CMO, COO, and be, we, we stopped and about a year and a half ago and did a bunch of focus group testing on his content because I didn't want to go forward and spend X amount of dollars without knowing we were on the right spinning the correct track. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then the other, the other bucket is the ad agency work and that is, uh, fortunately I have a sales background because mm -hmm. that is really just finding clients that need ad agency services. And it's just a, this long tail cycle of, of, and I'm sure you can relate to this, finding and competing with the 900 other Media. ad agencies. You know, I have, we're, we're, at, we're at the RICOM offices here, and I um, partner with Rick and his team here right. on that suite of services because it requires some more back-end stuff that I don't, I don't do, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, the buying, the auditing of invoices, and it's just not something that, I, that my team... It's not something you, you want no, your business no. to do. They're great. I brought... I brought a bucket of business into them mm -hmm. um, that they're helping me with, primarily in the uh, franchise space, um, but 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 other things. I work with one eight hundred got junk franchises in different parts of the country, and um, but that is that is truly you know on the CMO COO side, you can only handle two or three relationships and do it right. Yeah, because it's it's a lot more it's more time intensive. It's a lot more. In one case, I'm managing four or five people for someone. So this is different, but this is your good old hardcore knock on the door. It's a different beast. RFPs. It fits. It fits to what you do. It does. But it's, it, it, it's, it's different. very different. Right. Very different. Um, how do you – you hinted at that. It's a question I've been I'm planning on asking you, so I'm going to do it now. How do you – how are you able to give all yourself – I mean, if you've got you know two or three CMO clients here – they need to feel like you're a hundred percent engaged. Yeah. They yeah. don't. I mean, they may, they may understand the agreement, but at the end of the day, when you leave the building, they want you one hundred percent engaged right. when you're right. here. Yeah. How how do you do that? What's that? Is that a switch? Is there just a a mindset that you've developed over time that says, you know, here's I'm going to really concentrate here and put everything else on the back burner? What? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think. The, the the corporate business track that I was on before starting my own business rewarded um, highly motivated, self-starting, organized, P 
people more than others. People okay. that can work quickly and efficiently, delegate well. It's a skill. Um, and and you you the better you were at that, the faster you could move up. I mean, in my my last job as a corporate person with Meredith in Atlanta, there were I was responsible for you know about two hundred people, two TV stations, and hubbed operations, which was the the back end of the business and technical uh, inventory management um, and those kinds of things for seven different TV stations. Right. And um, was able to, you know, keep the, be the, be the squirrel in the cage and keep it going. And I, I actually, some people like that, some people don't. I like that. I get bored really easy, really fast. Yep. Especially after I think I've figured something out. So from that perspective, this is a pretty good match, and I don't think anybody feels like they're not getting my best and that the job's not getting done. I'm a very organized task, plan, keep track, call, t- track it off, uh, cross it off the list, uh, KPI, are we getting it done person. Hmm. So that all, that's all of this in some way, some shape or form. Um, but there is a point where you take something on and it's not right. Like I had someone hire me a couple of years ago just to do some selling. You know, hey, we're, it was a, it was a sport, sports team. I won't tell you which one, but hey, go do this. And I, I had every intention of, of killing it and it just wasn't right. It yeah. wasn't the right thing to do. I tried it. Wasn't a good fit. Wasn't uh-huh. a good fit. Yeah, so that happens. Well, and what you're not saying there, and it's, you know, I, that I'm picking up on is, you had there is a a drive or a passion or a, you know just a a need to make sure you're doing the job right. You're yeah. Not leaving anything on the table. Yeah. And there is a a roadmap that you've maybe drawn in your head mentally that said, okay, here's what we need to need to accomplish. Here's the KPIs here that we need to reach. And I think that's right. There's a discipline. And maybe it comes from your time in the corporate world of getting the job done right. And you're not don't you don't want to go back and you have to redo anything. Is that fair? Uh, I think it's very fair. Um, I would say re- everything everything from me is re- reverse engineered from results. There you go. So okay. I love that. If 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 there's no expectation of a result, then I really don't know what we're doing. You know, um, I've got some clients where. Every single this, this huge multi-million dollar business with 50 people and everything in that business connects to one single dot and that dot is a lead. Okay. If we don't get that dot, yep. none of it else, no, nothing, nothing else, else matters. matters. Nothing else. Nothing else matters. Every single thing in the universe and that universe starts with that one singular dot, right. which is a lead. Right. So Better get the leads. Better get the leads. Yep. And then yep. everything else, everything else flows from that. But yeah, I mean, uh, and also, uh, I would say, I do. This is going to sound corny, but I do want people to be happy with what I'm doing. I mean, it matters to me. If if I don't want to be surprised, I, the worst thing you can do to me, it's, it's not a money thing, is to tell me I screwed something up or disappointed you. So. I do everything in my power to avoid that. We may have picked a plan, worked it to death, and, and it's wrong. Happens. 
you know? But if something slipped through the cracks that I was supposed to do and it caused a problem, I'll grind over that sucker for days because it drives me nuts. Drives you nuts. Yep. Yeah, I love it. Um, can we shift gears a little bit? Yeah. Um, you, you, uh, you own your own business, been yeah. in leadership positions for you know, quite a while in your career, uh, majority of your career, I'll say. Um, a lot of our listeners um, that chime in or email me or have messaged me for whatever reason um, reach out to me from a business owner's standpoint. Uh, I have a lot of business questions. You know, how do, what does a startup feel like? What, what's that experience for you as a, a startup? I mean, you, you, you chuckle and <laughs> as I know where this is going. What's that experience from a startup? You, you, know, you put your name on the backside of a door and you know, here you go. I mean, that's, yeah. where was your head at? Uh, Boy, I used to say it's the hardest thing I've ever done. It's not. I've had to do a lot of difficult things in my life, some from my own doing and some just from the tidal wave of life that we all deal with, right? Right, right. I don't think the – if you go back to what I was just pontificating on about the mix of activity and business life and enjoying all the different things going on and and having different clients and challenges and problems and juggling a bunch of balls. Well, that's what you do. Depend. That's what I did in corporate life and that's what I'm doing now. Right. So from that perspective, now it took, I'll qualify that by saying you start with zero clients. So you, in my case, I, I took a, a nice buyout. It, was, it wasn't enough to retire on or anything, but I was very blessed and fortunate in a short period of time to be at a level with Time Warner where when the charter buyout came, I had a nice runway, had some cash, had a year, it was good. Right. Uh, but you still, that first Monday, you wake up and you have zero. And it's scary. I mean, you, you, went, from, you went from a place, and I don't mean to interrupt, where you, you had a, a nice you know, management corporate position. Yeah. Nice and, office. And nice travel, office. Expense count. People respected you. Insurance. Insurance. Yeah. And great. You, you wake up that fall. You're making Monday. me miss it. No, I don't know. I don't <laughs> want to do that. Um, you wake up that fall on Monday and you've got zero clients. Zero. I mean, did you. If there was something worse than zero, I would have had that. You would have had that. Yes. Um, how does someone get past that? I mean, it's terrifying, but terrifying. Millions of people do it all the time. Um, how do you, do you, is it just a hustle? Is it a, um, you know, strategic plan of, okay, here's how I get from zero to one. Here's our one to two. What's, you know. <sighs> boy, you know, I probably, I probably don't, this is going to come out the wrong way. I don't give myself a lot of credit. Um, that's probably not totally fair to me either. Just looking at where I am now versus then when I think about it that way, like you said, and like we've framed up there. I'm going to, there's, there's a theme to this whole conversation that I started to touch on a little bit when I was giving you my sob story of paying my way through college and then my first job and then my first job running a TV station. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think people, people fall into different categories. I'm, I'm the kind of person that when the lights go on and it's just time to go, I can just go. I, I may not have it all figured out, but I've mentored people 
when, when we're in a conference room right now, if there's 20 people sitting in the room and you're running the meeting, some point in time, everybody gets real quiet and you got to run the meeting. You have to start. Like, you just have to start. Sounds simple. There's a lot of people that can't, don't, won't start. So for me, it was when I woke up on that day after, it was, okay, you have to start. You have to make a decision. You have, just, you just have to start. And so I decided that I felt I had something to offer in terms of my business skills and acumen. I spent a lot of time scheduling meetings and appointments with people to ask them what they thought I should do and could be good at doing. Um, I've done that a couple times in my career where I, where I literally have put it on my calendar to meet and talk to people about those things. Um, and I, I won't go into all the details because some of it's not that exciting and, and we don't have that much time, but um, you, you do a lot of work in trying to connect and network and see people talk to people and and it's a lot of trial and error and failure and chasing and calling but eventually i I've, i've been fortunate to have a pretty good network of people that i could network with but even when i had no clients i made sure every day was busy like i'm the kind of person that i can't quit on friday until my next week's calendar is almost over overbooked. Yes. I took about two weeks off, traveled with the family some that summer. And then a neighbor of mine who I've known and kept in touch with is the owner of the Kansas City 1-800-GOT-JUNK franchise and you moved me. And he also has five other markets. And he said, I don't think my advertising stuff's working very well. I'm not happy. Would you come in and take a look at it? So I went in, took a look at it, said, yeah, and here's what I see. Well, let's do something. All right. So that's that's how that started. Right. It wasn't – they were great to me, good people, Josh and Tyler and friends to this day. And they paid me, but it wasn't enough money to live on, but it was a start. And so that's a brick. There's a – not to talk podcast, but there was a podcast I listened to the other day. It was called Brick Brick Bricklayer. I've listened to it. Yeah. yeah and it's literally it's just – and I believe in that. And I'm like, man, that's what I do every day. It's – yeah. Build that, you know – Built, and then you laid the next brick. And right. so uh, I would say you have to – here's what I would say to a business owner. You're going to sketch out kind of what you think this business of yours is going to be. And you're going to get it about 57% right. But it's unless you're buying a Smoothie King franchise, which is this is the Smoothie King way and this is the powder you use and the machines you use and what you charge and you're going to give us a 16% franchise fee – Good luck. Hire the right people. Go get them, Tiger. Mm-hmm. If you're, unless you're doing that, you're going to get a lot of that wrong. And I did too. I was trying to do way too much for too many people. Too many things was too big and too broad. But I at least started. Mm-hmm. And then narrowing it, narrowing, narrowing it, getting more refined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you just got to be persistent as hell. Yeah. No, you do. And it's, 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 you know, one no after the other to, you know, to get a, a handful of yeses. Yep. You talked about, before we started here, you, you talked a little bit about, and this leads from what you just said, it leads into 
well, I don't, what do I want to ask next? Um, the idea of saying yes, maybe when you, you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, your comment you made to me, and I don't want to put you on the spot, was you know, sometimes out of necessity. You, yeah. You do that. And we, we chatted a little bit about, about how Sometimes that, you take a deal because you may not be right. You're going to do your best, but it's some revenue. It's, it's, a, it's a dollar on the books yep. that you got to take. Um, is, you think most business owners, I mean, unless you're the Smoothie King franchise owner, most businesses are find themselves in that position at one point or the other. Um, yeah. When do you stop? When do you stop doing that? Is there, or is it just a you know, narrow that scope as quickly as you can situation? Well, it, it's, it's a lot easier to be discerning when you have business. Yeah. Then when you don't. Fair. <laughs> um, and when you're, when you're building a business that's, I wouldn't say what I'm doing is a new concept, but it's not a franchise model. Right. I mean, there are CFOs for hire, HR people for hire. You know, we live in a world based on technology now that you don't have to have an office. You can virtual. I know probably every coffee shop in the greater Kansas City metropolitan area, the Wi-Fi passcodes what kind of coffee they serve, whether they're loud or not. You're automatically connecting the minute you walk oh, yeah. in. Boop, there you go. Um, so, you know, you, 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 there's, 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 there's some of that. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think for business owners, the more you do it, that A-B testing you're, you're, you're doing, um, you start figuring out the A and you look for more of the A. Like example for me, when I got into the 1-800-GOT-JUNK business, I really liked it because it's action packed, believe it or not. This is a business where if you were to look at a typical franchise's calendar for next Tuesday, there are no jobs on the books. Right. Like, Everyone that uses that service schedules them within 72 hours or they cancel. So every single day, these guys have to have 25 jobs on the book and add 15. They're running. They're running every day, right? But I loved it. It was cool. So I, I, the guys here were, were nice enough to show me the business from the inside out. So I got deep into understanding cancellation rates, average job size, sales call conversion rates, you know, field service, um, Roots and zip codes and you know just all these things, and then after I started thinking, I wonder if I could do this for somebody else. Uh, if I do a good job for these guys and the Kansas City guys, um, uh, we were franchise of the year in two thousand and seventeen, I think something like that. And I started saying, Hey, could you connect me to maybe some other franchises because I could see the opportunity to do work mm-hmm. there. And so that was a fishing pond. And now I work with St. Louis, Denver, and Philadelphia. And I've done work with three markets in Texas, and I've done work in Charlotte and, you know, some stuff with the Kansas City guys. So from that perspective, you, 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 you keep pursuing the things that seem to be paying dividends mm-hmm. and that you like. Yep. I like that business because these are owners living the American dream that bought into this system that um, some have college degrees, some don't, some are veterans, some are not. But by God, this is their money and their business. And I care about their success. Again, sounds corny. No. But I I respect the heck out of them for doing this. They're busting their 
butts, man. It's hard work, too. Hard work. Yeah. So um, I don't, I don't want to keep you all day. I know you're busy. Um, if there's one piece of advice for someone wanting to start up a business, mm-hmm. um, real quickly, what's, what's that advice look like? What, what would it's you easy. say? It's two words. Don't quit. Yeah. Love it. That's it. I mean, I used to think that was crap when, when people said, just keep going. But I can tell you the only reason I am here today with the modest success that I've had is because I didn't quit and I wanted to, but people, most people quit. They just quit. They get to that point where it's like, I, I can't see what's over And literally, just by not quitting, you give yourself a 50% chance higher of success than the other guy. So that would be my advice. Don't quit. quit. Yep, don't quit. I love it. If someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? So um, they can email me at um, kirk.black at mayblack.com. Yep. um, Or they can uh, reach out to me on my, my old Atlanta cell phone number, but it's... 404-747-4452 404-747-4452 and we have the, the website may, mayblack.com M-A-Y-B-L-A-C-K.com Perfect. Oh, I'll tell you what, I can't appreciate it I mean, enough. Uh, thank sure. you. I can't Enjoyed appreciate it. it. Um, thank you for sitting down. I, uh, um, I love what you guys do. I think it's a really unique um, media consulting type company here in Kansas City and um, again, I can't thank you enough. Everyone, thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. Um, if you have questions, Email me as well, uh, denglish at ad-trend.com. Questions about the podcast, I appreciate them coming in. So please keep sending those. I'm going to knock out a QA and a session here in the next few weeks and try to get that over to you as well. Uh, Thanks again, and hope you all have a great day.